Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. On Monday morning, early, I was up. And I was getting ready to say my prayers, just getting my scriptures ready. And my phone text. And normally when I'm praying or if I'm studying, I don't answer my phone. But it kept binging and binging and binging. And so so I looked at it, and these words are, Marcus died this morning. Marcus Lamb, the owner of Daystar Network that we're on every day around the world, passed away at 4 o'clock Monday morning. And uh, I I couldn't believe, he just texted me a couple days earlier from the hospital, I'm feeling better. But at 4 o'clock Monday morning, Marcus Lamb went on to be with Jesus. A few hours later, you know, Marcus was the, uh, the head of Daystar Television. Marcus was the CEO, the voice of that. But Marcus was one of my best friends. And uh, a few hours later, more than a best friend, Owen, who always sat right back there, been part of our family for 33 years went on to be with Jesus too. And so I thought today, you know, last week we talked in the church of Smyrna. And at the end he said, stay faithful. Stay faithful unto death until you die. Because there's waiting for you a crown of life. And so I thought today to, you know, we've gotten... We've just been bombarded with people all over the world. Texan, is this true? I hear about this. I hear about that. I hear about Marcus, Rabbi Lappin. You know, I just heard about Owen. And so I thought we'd address that. So open your Bibles, if you would, today. I already say it. Philippians chapter 4, starting with verse 4. I'm going to read in just a moment. In Hebrews 9... The Lord says, it's appointed unto a man once to die, and then the judgment. You know, I've studied this scripture. The, the good thing about being a pastor is you get to take in babies like that and give them a brand new life. The bad thing about being a pastor for all these years is uh, sometimes you have to send friends home before you're ready to send them home. And for 45 years, I've studied the scripture. It's appointed unto a man once to die and then the judgment. What does that mean? Does that mean the the day you're born, God puts a date on a calendar that you're going to die? I don't think that's what it means. Some people say it does. I don't think that's what it means. I think what it means is, is that Unless we make the rapture, every one of us is going to go into eternity. 
And once we go into eternity, those of us who love the Lord and serve the Lord, we go to the judgment seat of Christ and he presents those rewards. I believe in our life, the enemy, if you're doing something for God, the enemy tries to stop it. You know, we look at Lion, we look at Tiz, we look at um, Nancy's testimony, we look at my testimony, we look at so many of your testimonies. When uh, a, few, a few weeks ago, a few months ago maybe it was, Marcus and Joni had us on, they said, we want you to come on and talk about the miracle healing of Lion and the miracle healing of Tiz. And so we went on there. In fact, we're, we're writing a book right now called Miracles by the Moment. And I said, we, we need to put this in the forward. We're on the set with Marcus and Joni, and they said, we want you to talk about miracles, what you did, what, what God showed you guys. But before we get into that, I can remember Marcus saying to me, he said, what do you say to people who didn't see the miracle?" What do you say to those people? And I said, Philippians chapter 4. So I want to start with that. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. God's word says to us, rejoice in the Lord. Now I want you to hold on to that. Because not everything in life is going to go exactly the way we think. But as we were talking in the back, one of my favorite scriptures in Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good of those who love God. It may not feel good at that moment, but life is like a giant jigsaw puzzle and you can't pull one piece of the puzzle out and know what what the whole puzzle is. So here God says to us, and this is so important that you understand this because At the end, I'm going to explain something. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness, it actually means the look on your face, be known to all men that the Lord is at hand. When you're going through something, let your countenance show that you believe God is here. Right? Don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, here's the scripture. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, the peace of God, which is beyond anything you can imagine, will guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. And finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Don't meditate on the bad Meditate on these things. When we were with Marcus and Joni, he said, what do you say to people? Because Tiz had ovarian cancer and 
a good friend of theirs and good friend of ours had passed away earlier from ovarian cancer. And they, they said, what do you say to them? And, and I said, we pray that they will have a peace. In the middle of the tragedy, they will have a peace that is beyond anything they can understand. You know, I've been in the ministry a long time, and unfortunately, you know, we were saying, I can remember, you know, the, the first, when we first started pastoring, nobody in our church ever passed away. And the Lord said, that's because everybody was 22 years old. You're not 22 anymore. But in all the years, you know, we've done a lot of, a lot of funerals. You know, I say this jokingly, but not jokingly. I don't know why the Lord takes some of the people that he takes. If he needs somebody, I have a list. Please take them. Well, pastor, I've been in the way for 20 years. We know that. You have been in the way for 20 years. But in all those years of doing funerals with family, something that I've seen happen over and over again is that a person is mourning. They've lost a loved one, a friend, a child, a, a, a parent, a sibling. And I can't tell you how many times in privately talking, they say so many times, I almost feel guilty that I don't feel worse than I do right now. In other words, I I should be feeling worse. And I said, no, this is the peace that passes all understanding. You know, the word peace is the word shalom. In, In Hebrew, this is how you say hello to someone. This is how you say goodbye to someone. Shalom. Shalom. The word... Peace, shalom, means peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, tranquility. So when you greet someone and you say shalom, you say, may this be in your life. And we, it, we speak that, we prophesy that into people's lives every time you say to someone shalom. May you have peace and tranquility and prosperity. But I believe it's especially comforting during the time of a losing a loved one that God says, there is a peace in me that goes beyond anything your rational mind can grasp. A peace knowing that that person that we've lo- we love is in the arms of the Lord. And if we'll stay the course, we'll see them again. This life is but a vapor of smoke. It's here today and gone tomorrow. But heaven is eternal. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You know, some, sometimes I think we say things, at least I do, we say scriptures so often that it just almost becomes a mantra. But I think sometimes it's good to slow down and hear those words. To be absent from the body. This this is not Larry Huck. 
Thank goodness. This is the house that Larry Huck temporarily lives in. But God said, I have a new house for you. Not made with the hands of man, but made by the hands of God. So I don't know about you, but I look at this house compared to the house when I played football in college, John, and it doesn't look like the same house. Somebody needs to remodel that thing. But this is a temporary, this is not us. This is not us. Us is the spirit, the soul, the life of God. But God says to be absent from this body, we look at tomorrow we'll visit with Marcus. In January, we're going to do a service for Owen. We look at that, and and that's not them. They're they're up there with Jesus, more alive than you and I are. But I want to look at that. To be absent from this body, the, the, the shell's there, but we're, we're, we're in, in, in the presence of God. The Bible says that you and I are eternal beings. Every one of us, every one of us is going to live forever. Think about that. This life, this, this short span of times is just a, a vapor of smoke between eternities. We, when we're born, we come out of, from the presence of God in eternity, and we're put into this earthly home, and then we do the mission that God's called us to do through this earthly home, and then we go back into eternity. And we will live forever and ever and ever and ever in the presence of the Lord. Forever. But the moment, the millisecond that we start to leave this home, at that millisecond, we're in the presence of the Lord. You've heard me tell this, this story. And, uh, you know, I, ca- I carry my niece's picture in my Bible most of the time. How old was Layla when she went to heaven? Four. She was a triplet. And she was born with health problems. And uh, I, can, I can remember, they, 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 I had never met her, never met Layla. And Luke and I had business. We had to go do something in Phoenix. And that's where uh, Layla is uh, Becky, Tiz's sister's daughter's child. And she was born with some real severe health problems. Anyway, we were in Phoenix for business. And we said, let's get together. We went out to dinner and had never met Layla, and she's pretty shy, little tiny thing. And we went to dinner, and she immediately came over and just sat on my lap. And mom and dad are saying, no, come sit here. And she said, no, no. And they're going to order something. She wanted to eat my meal. <laughs> and I know this was, this was something God was setting up. This was something God was setting up. Because not too much longer, Layla went to heaven. And it wasn't just Uncle Larry doing the service. It was Uncle Larry that Layla linked to. You know, I'm just going to sidetrack a little bit. When you lose a loved one, God will give you signs to give you peace and comfort. He really will. 
He'll give you signs. He'll, he'll show you little things, and I won't get into that this morning. But I was, I prayed, and I said, God, give me something special to say to the family at Layla's going home service. And I found in ancient Jewish wisdom where it says, the moment you are leaving this world and going to the next, as, the, the, as you're getting ready to go into the next world, you hear your name called. And you know that voice. And it's the Lord saying, Layla, not one millisecond was she alone. Immediately she heard the Father's voice, the Lord's voice, welcoming her into the kingdom of God. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. When someone goes from this life into eternity, the Lord himself, God himself, greets you. I know we hear about Peter at the pearly gates and everything. You can meet Peter if you want, but I'm going to meet him later. (laughs) Listen to what it says. It says, God himself opens wide the gates of heaven. What a God we serve. He's not, uh, Peter, go down and welcome out. No, God says, no, this is my child. My baby's coming home. And God himself, the moment he calls your name out and opens up himself, Second Peter, the gates of heaven. What an awesome God we serve. You know, I, I, when I think of those things and, and, and we mourn, you know, the, the whole thing about Christianity is, is, is getting to heaven. Can I, can I say something? That's already taken care of. I think the whole thing about Christianity ought not be about getting to heaven. It ought to be about getting heaven down here and making a difference while we're here. Because once we go there, God himself's opening the gates. Let's bring heaven here. And so to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I could go on and on that when one of his kids come home, he, he's, he's calling your name. I've read stories about little girls or little boys who have gone and then come back and said, the Lord was there with their puppy in his hands, making it just as comforting as um, it can be. I don't know if, why you would need a puppy if you're in the presence of the Lord, but God does exceedingly abundantly above anything we can ask or think. But that's the goodness of our God, that God himself escorts you into heaven. I've told you this story, but it's one of my favorite stories. My Aunt Helen was the one who prayed me into the kingdom of God. Died in her 90s, went home, and she was staying with my mom. She was very, she's a very small woman, very frail, and the most, the most loving, kind, just never gave up on me. When everybody else said, once a junkie, always a junkie, my Aunt Helen would always pray, 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 pray. Jewish Christian woman. And uh, teach us. We were, we were ghetto. We were from the ghetto. We'd come and stay at my Aunt Helen's house, my Aunt Leona's house, and, and, and always training us. She was always training us. Larry, Larry, strong and able, get your elbows off the table. 
Anybody else ever hear that? <laughs> See, that's when we taught manners. And uh, she was staying with my mom, and she was very, very frail. And I mean, she was 94 or something like that. And I mean, you know, that's a good life. 90, my mom's 94. On Monday, my aunt, my mom's sister, went to be with the Lord. She was almost 96. That's a pretty good run. So I figured out I've only got 30 good years left, and then I'm going to slow down. Let the grandkids feed the cows. She calls my mom. She's in the, in the other room, and she calls my mom, and she says, Ina, get my purse. My mom says, I've told you this story, but it's worth telling again. She said, Helen, what do you need your purse for? She goes, I'm leaving now. And my mom thought, well, she's, you know, delirious. She goes, Helen, you can't, you, you can't go anywhere. She goes, no, 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 no. She says, I, I'm going to heaven now. And I want to write one more check to my church before I go. And she's not my church. She didn't send it to my church. <laughs> when I, my mom wrote me, uh, 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 or called me a few months ago and said, I saw you on Daystar. I donated to Daystar. I said, Mom. All my family's given to everybody else. She said, tell the kids. Uh, uh, and and she, under, uh, she understood mitzvah. She understood mitzvah. And she said, tell the kids, don't buy me flowers. She said, I'm going where flowers on earth. Can't even come close. She said, I want them to take the money that they would buy flowers with and give it to a church. She understood mitzvah. So my mom gave her a checkbook. She wrote it. She says, okay, you give this to pastor. And she goes, oh, here he is. She looks up. Here he is. Yes. Yes, I'm ready. She looks at my mom and she says, be good. I'll see you when you get home. I'm ready now. And God himself ushers us into the kingdom of heaven forever and ever and ever. What an awesome God we serve. Amen? I told you about the time my father was passing away. And uh, in the later years of his life, he gave his life to the Lord. My dad had been a... Tough old bird. He's, he's a, he is a pretty tough old guy. And, but in the latter days, he gave his life to the Lord. And uh, he was in kind of like a coma. We went up to see him. He was in the veterans hospital. I think I told you this story too. And I went in there. We knew it wasn't going to be long. And uh, I went in there. And I got there before my, my brothers and sisters were there. And so I'm sitting there, and I said, Dad, listen, everything's okay. If, if you're ready to go, you can go. And, of course, he, you know, he's not responding. And the nurse came in and at the veterans' hospital, just a sweet lady. And she said, you're, you're the son that's the pastor, right? And I said, yeah. And I said, how long does some, will somebody last like this? And she said, you never know. It's, it's hard to say. But she said, can I ask you something? And I said, Sure. She said, my mom was in this same way. And, you know, once they're in this state, very seldom do they wake up. 
But she said, my mom was a, a Christian, and she said, we ne- never followed that way. But she said, we're sitting there. My mom had been this way for several days, and we figured we'll never hear from her again. You know, she'll drift off. And she said, all of a sudden, she sat up, eyes wide open, and she goes, she looks at us all, and she goes, I got to go. And they said, Mom, she goes, there's a golden road in front of me. Oh, there's the light of God. I got to follow that light. I'm going down that road. And she, they said, Mom, go, go. And I know that light was the Lord. The golden road leading her into eternity. See, it's appointed unto a, a man once to die. But to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Heaven is a place where there's no pain, no sorrow, no hunger, no racism, no drugs, no violence. Heaven is a place that is absolutely amazing. But you have to decide you want to go there. My Aunt Helen's brother was my Uncle Henry. I don't think I've ever told you this story. My Uncle Henry was the, in my opinion, the greatest man I've ever met in my life. Kindest, most wonderful, brilliant, educated. He was, you know, he uh, he passed away when I was, I think, 25 or something. So it's been a few years. He's the kind of guy that gardened with a shirt and tie on. He ran the biological gardens of St. Louis. He invented these. He created these certain plants. I'm just a brilliant. But when he retired, worked every day in uh, the hospitals for children and stuff as a volunteer. Just a most wonderful man. Bought us our, when we lived in, in, in the hood, hood, bought us the, the house that my mom just, just moved out of, a 900-square-foot home, five kids, 900-square-foot home, and bought that, $13,000, bought that house for, for, for us to get out of the hood. And... Uh, when I first got saved, this is before Tiz and I were married, I first got saved, he, he developed cancer. And I loved, I loved him. I probably loved him more than any man that I've ever loved. And uh, I'm a brand new Christian and everything. And man, we're praying and praying. And the amazing thing, he had cancer in one place, it would disappear. Then a few months later, it would come back somewhere else and it would disappear. And then a few months later, come back and it disappear. And now it's he had brain cancer, and uh, so um, we had a youth outreach where we saw thousands and thousands of kids get saved. The coffee house every Friday and Saturday night, where kids come in, we play music, we train young men up to preach and stuff. And it was my turn to preach. We do a three minute sermon. And it was my turn to preach that night, and so we we're in the in the. Uh, uh, room and we're all on our knees praying for the service and praying for souls. And I started praying for my uncle Henry. And maybe one of the most supernatural manifestations I have ever physically experienced. 
I'm praying. I'm, I'm praying for his healing on his cancer, his brain cancer. And I felt hot oil. And I'm not exaggerating. I felt hot oil go through my head, run down through my body, down to my feet. I felt it as real as I can feel my hands right here. And I got up and I said, he's healed. And that, that evening in the service, I got up and said, you know, you all know about my Uncle Henry and we're praying for him. I said, I, 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 this is what just happened. God healed him. God healed him. And the next morning, I'm getting ready. This is Saturday night. Next morning, I'm getting ready to go to church. And my phone rings. It's my mom. And she said, Larry, I hate to tell you, Uncle Henry passed away last night. And I said, what? I said, and I'm thinking, that can't be. I know, I know God healed him. And I'm going, Mom, are you? She, yeah, he passed away. And I said, what time? And it was exactly the minute that I felt that hot oil go through my body. And God said, I healed him. Where there is no sickness, there is no pain, there is no sorrow. But here's the amazing thing. My Uncle Henry was the most generous, giving, kind, took care of everybody. And there, but he wasn't a Christian. Uh, matter of fact, he was, because of things that happened to our family during the war over in Europe, in Poland, and Germany, he was very anti-God. If, if, if there's a God, why did he allow six million people to die? So he was, I mean... Never said, I never heard him say one bad word about anybody in his life, him or my Aunt Helen or my mom. Just kind, kind, kind people. But when he had the brain cancer, I wrote him a letter and I said, Uncle Henry, if being a good person would get you into heaven, you'd be the first in line. But you need to receive Jesus as your Savior. And I said, I know you know my background. I know you know. And it just broke, their, broke his heart. I mean, he, 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 my dad was a tough old bird. He took every Wednesday, he'd take us ice skating as little kids. And, you know, if we had shoes or those, his Uncle Henry or Aunt Helen would buy them for us. And just, you know, and I said, you, they broke his heart, their heart when I became a drug addict. And I said, you know what I've done. And I said, I don't even belong in the same heaven with you, except for Jesus. And so would you look at these scriptures? So I, so I said, what time did he pass away? And she said, it was the exact moment. I mean, it was the exact minute that I felt that hot oil. And I said, what happened? She said, I was sitting in the room. I had been reading him your letter and your scriptures for a week. And she said, I'm sitting there reading the scriptures of the love of God. And all of a sudden he said, stop. I know Jesus is the Savior. And I receive him as my Savior. Closed his eyes and went to heaven. What an awesome God. Closed his eyes. She said, he said, I receive him as my Savior. Closed his eyes and was in the presence of the Lord. That's the kind of God we serve. 
That's why we live for him. That's why we tell others about him. There is a peace that passes all understanding. And yet, even in that peace, when we lose someone, we mourn. Luke sent me this marvelous thing on mourning that I'll, I'll use when we do own service. The Bible says we mourn. I probably cried more this week than I have in a long time. I lost two good friends. But you know, the reality is I'm not sad for them. I'm sad for me. Right? We're sad for us. The Bible says we mourn, but not as those who have no hope. We mourn because we're sad. We love these people, but not as those who have no hope. I can't imagine watching a loved one go into eternity and you don't know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. To know that we'll see them again with no sickness, with no illness, with no scars, no extra weight. Ecclesiastes says, there's a time for everything and a season for everything, everything under the heavens. A time to be born, a time to die. A time to mourn, but a time to dance. The word mourn in Hebrew is the word avelut. And it's different than it's horrible. It means that even though we are feeling bad, we still glorify God. There's a teaching. You know what? I'm going to do it at the very end. I'll finish this because we do it standing. There's a teaching in Hebrew called Kaddish. And Kaddish is a prayer that we say for those who have just passed away. We're going to read it and do it together at the end. But I want to read this to you. I'm going to change it around a little bit. 1 Corinthians 3 says, Paul is writing, and he said, What then is Apollos? What is Paul? They are all servants through whom you believe. As the Lord assigned each his role. Some are praising Paul, some are praising Apollos. And Paul says, no, no, no. We each, every one of us has been given a mission. We've each been assigned a role. Are you hearing that? We've each been assigned a role. Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God made it grow. I can't help but think that when Marcus went into the presence of the Lord, and the Lord greeted him and hugged him and said, well done. He said, Marcus, let's stand here a minute. 
because there's another friend of Larry's coming soon, and I want you to meet him. And then Marcus Owen, Owen Marcus, let's go in. Be faithful unto death, for you receive the reward. Who has the bigger reward? Owen or Marcus? What do you think about this? I'm going to tell, I'm going to share something with you. Paul said everyone's been given a role. Marcus' voice through Daystar is heard around the world. We're doing the service tomorrow. And I know pastors are flying in, people are flying in from all over. Marcus' voice changed the world. Owen has been one of my best friends for 33 years. You could have Owen in the room for five hours and he'd never say a word. <laughs> right? Owen, you doing good? Yeah, boy. That's Owen. I mean, he we we could we would we would go we go hunting, go on ten hour trip, and we're all talking. Owen, just sit there. But I want to show you something. I believe Marcus's shining glory is that he was bold enough to stand up for Israel and the Jewish people around the world. That was a new thing. Eight, nine years ago, that was a new thing to Christianity. I believe that I can remember coming home to Tiz and saying, I think we need to move to Dallas. And Tiz said, well, write me. Let me know how it is. We were just building a new house and bought 80 acres of land, had elk and deer on it, and 12 million into, or debt-free into the new building. And I said, I think God's telling me to move to Dallas, telling us to move to Dallas. Tis said, I didn't hear nothing. <laughs> no hable inglés. <laughs> I believe God moved us to Dallas for the main purpose of sitting with Marcus and Joni time after time after time. I can remember, you know, because we were here and we'd be on their noon program all the time and we'd talk about the Jewish roots and I can remember Marcus all of a sudden going, Joni, you and I are both graduates of Bible school. Why weren't we taught this? And then Marcus said, let's do a, let's do a night on the share for Israel and it changed everything. Right? So here's... Marcus, the voice around the world, here I got the so a, a thought into Marcus, but go back 33 years ago. We just came to Portland, Oregon, Oregon City. Church was a month or two months old, and we had our conference of the denomination I was with, and we went to the conference there, and they asked me to receive the offering, and I got up and I said, you know what, I believe if you'll bless this conference when you go back, pastors, God will bless you. Sounds harmless, doesn't it? By the time I got to my house that night, the head of the denominations has me on the phone, 
And he said, oh, you're teaching prosperity, huh? This is 33 years ago. He said, well, let's see how prosperous God will make you. And he cut. We just we had just been planted there. Just put our family, you know. And he said, "You're you're off support. No money. Church is a month old. Twenty, thirty drug addicts in the church." He said, "Let's see if God will prosper you." That could have been the end of us. The next Sunday, Owen heard about it. Thirty-three years ago, and wrote a check. He was a, he was a roofer, and wrote a check for $10,000 and save that ministry. Save that ministry. So here's Owen keeping us in the ministry, as Paul said, doing his, his role. God planted that seed in us. We come to Dallas and we get to partner with Marcus. You know, Marcus and I golfed all the time. You know, have, I have, I was thinking about this this week. I would say this. I have two regrets. For the last four years, I kept saying to Owen, come on, Owen, you and I are going to go fishing in Colorado. And I, I was too busy. And Marcus would call me and say, let's golf, let's golf. And I golfed with him a lot, but I, 90% of the time I said, Marcus, I got this going, I got that going. And I wish I'd have taken more time with my friends. Wish I'd have said yes. Just now. But here's Owen. Saved us. We're going to do a thing in January. I won't tell the whole story now, but the church started having revival, but you know, we're reaching drug addicts and prostitutes, and we didn't, we didn't have a lot of business people back in those days. We were in the, the streets, and Owen was a roofer, and he did a roofing job for a place called City Liquidators. And instead of taking a check, got us a room full of chairs, got Tiz and I desks for our office, got us chairs, and so we're going to put a chair in the back there for Owen with a plaque. Every time. Nobody can sit in it. That's Owen's chair. Every time you walk by, you say, Owen, what's up? People tell me all the time. My kids say, Owen, what's up? He said, you're up. So we're, Paul's embroidering on there. Huh? You're what's up. When his daughter walked into the hospital, Owen was, you know, not doing well. And he was just quoting Psalms 23. Psalms 23. So we're going to do a dedication for Owen. But you think about Marcus and Owen going in together. And by the way, it was eight years ago to the day that Paul Crouch went. So here's Paul Crouch. Here's Marcus Lamb, and here's Owen on the same day. In ancient Hebrew, there's no word for great men have gone into the presence of God. Would you give the Lord a clap offering and stand with me if you would? There is, we're going to read, and after the service, after the after church today, uh, if you're a close friend of Owen's, a male, um, 
we're going to meet back in the boardroom back there, and uh, we're going to say with the men, you're supposed to have a, a, a minion of ten men, and we're going to say Kaddish for Owen together as men. But I want to say the prayer with for Owen and Marcus together in the church. And here's the amazing thing. When I read this to you, and when I go like this, you, you say as the congregation, amen. But the amazing thing about Kaddish is this. There's very little in the prayer about the person who's gone into heaven. It's all praising God. And the question comes up, why is this about praising God when I'm feeling bad, I'm mourning? And the answer is, is that if you can mourn, if you're mourning and you can praise God and give him glory while you're mourning, it shows that the one you're missing has had great impact by words and deeds in your life for affecting the kingdom of God. So it is a prayer of praise that we know God, no matter what we're going through right now, we know that God is good and God is in charge. Can I have an amen? Amen. So let me read this with you, and you're to read it standing up. And it says this way, May his great name grow exalted and sanctified in the world that he created as he willed. May he give reign to his kingship in your lifetimes and in your days and in the lifetimes of the entire family of Israel and of God. May he bring forth the redemption and hasten quickly the coming of the Messiah. Amen. Amen. May his great name be blessed forever and ever. May his great name be blessed forever. And ever. Blessed, praised, (coughs) glorified, exalted, extolled, mighty, upraised, and lauded be the name of the Holy One. Blessed is He. Say these words Blessed is He. Beyond any blessing, any song, any praise, consultation, consolation that are uttered in the world. Amen. May there be abundant peace from heaven and life upon us, upon all the children of God and all of Israel. Amen. He who makes peace, may he bring peace upon all of us and all the land of Israel. 
He who makes peace in his heights. Excuse me. Sorry. Sorry. May he... He who makes peace. He who makes peace in his height. May he make peace upon all of us and all the children of God and all of Israel. Amen. Amen. Would you give the Lord a clap offering? I love it that we're taught that, sorry, while we're missing someone, we don't get angry with God. We don't understand everything. I wish we did. But we do know this. They're in the presence of a peace that passes anything we can understand. Marcus is golfing on fairways that are a mile wide. And every green slopes to the hole. (laughs) Owen is... Owen is... hunting in woods and forests that are flowing with the music of God. I miss my friends, but I will see them again. And if you are missing someone, have this peace. You will see them again. You will see them again. Amen. I think we all ought to just say say a prayer. Make sure that we're all right with the Lord. You know, I just can't, I, I just can't get my head around that my Owen, my, he's a member of our family, our kids, our kids grew up with him. Marcus was so full of life, we'd be out golfing, and he'd always say, Larry Huck, that was the greatest drive you've had all day. Larry Huck, that was the... And just always happy, always smiling. Just, he had the biggest smile, and he just loved being out there and golfing. And, and you know, you think, of, you think of Owen. Owen's always... Owen led Jen's dad to the Lord. Owen, there's people here that said, Owen took first, the first one to take me out to breakfast. Owen... Owen was just doing God's work behind the scene. Marcus was one of the greatest teachers. Scripture, we'd be out there and he'd go, do this and stand this way and do that. Just, just full of life. But they're more full of life now than any of us can imagine. What a great God we serve.
Yeah. Can I say something before we pray? Is that, you know, I think it's so important to realize the validity of a Marcus and of an Owen, you know, and everything in between. And I think in all of our lives, you know, we have that compulsion by God to make a difference in the lives of others. And that's the first thing that hit our hearts. Within hours, Marcus and Owen went to be with the Lord on the very same day. And we couldn't help but think is here's, you know, God bless Marcus. People all over the world love, love Marcus and know who he is. But Owen, the background, always in obscurity. But never Owen asking, used, never asking anybody never, for anything. ever. But Owen used every minute of every day to make a difference. Probably many, many of you here right now or across, you know, on stream, you had coffee with Owen. Owen came. How you doing, brother? Always. So many people have said, we're going to miss Owen's face in the lobby when we come into church. And Owen is a Barnabas. And a Barnabas is so important to the kingdom. Someone who comes alongside the voice and the face. And so can I just call all of us to just take upon us the mantle, whether it be the footsteps of Marcus or whether it be Owen, who stood with us for 33 years and did whatever he could, but also gave his life to telling people about the Lord everywhere he went. And I think what moves me in these situations is, God, we lost the gems. But every time, I always pray, God, raise up a thousand, a thousand just like him, and let the seeds that they planted grow and harvest so that we can be an army of Marcuses and Owens all over the world that change the world for the Lord. Let me, let me tell you one story about, we, we all know Owen and just serving, 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 serving. And never ask, just, right, never ask for anything, never wanted any. But let me tell you a story about Marcus, one of the most impressive things. Because I'm around people in ministry. A few years ago, Daystar asked myself and Jonathan Kahn to come and teach in Jerusalem in Israel they had a tour but they were filming and so it's hot it's everything and we get off the bus and we got to walk way down this hill with the cameras and everything and I I went to one of the camera guys is a friend of mine and so I went to grab his stuff and I turned to help him carry down and I turned now here's Marcus Lamb the head of the greatest Christian network in the world and he's grabbing these these uh, boxes and uh, uh, equipment. equipment and schlepping them down the hill he's not above that here's the, the head of Daystar television network grabbing stuff not asking somebody to do something that he wouldn't do that's what makes these two men great is they were people who served and like Tiz said, may there be a thousand Owens and a thousand Marcuses be raised up as they look down from heaven with us. Let's pray together, okay? Amen. Say this out loud. Say, Father, 
I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. We've all sinned. But I know this. You love me so much. You sent Jesus Christ to pay the price in full for all my sin. Right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Now, would you allow me to pray for you? Father, I ask, we we come together and we ask for a peace that passes all understanding on the entire Lamb family, on Owen's family. Let them walk in that supernatural peace, a comfort, a shalom beyond what we can understand. And Father, for everyone here and everyone watching around the world that may have lost a loved one recently or in times past, Father, bring them that peace. We do mourn, but we don't mourn as those who have no hope because your grace on all of our lives is truly amazing grace. Your peace we release around the world in every heart and mind. And we give you praise and glory. Father, thank you for having allowing us to know Owen and allowing us to know Marcus and whoever else we may have lost. Thank you for the privilege of being friends and partners to build your kingdom. We missed you guys, but we'll see you soon. And may God bless us all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering. God bless you. Amen.